so as a student CEO, you're managing a part, you know, a business with 40 plus employees reporting to you, a global supply chain, and responsible for a, for a profit and loss statement that ranges anywhere between half a million to a million dollars plus in revenue. So these are tremendous challenges, but the beauty of it as well is that these skills, what we call the power skills, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, cultural agility, resilience, things you can't learn in the classroom, this is the perfect vehicle to be able to, to develop those skills. Welcome to Forward with NACI, inspiring entrepreneurial action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm Rebecca Corbin, and I'm delighted to be here to celebrate National Entrepreneurship Week with a very special guest. We have the founder and CEO of Saxby's, Nick Bayer, who's here to share his story of inspiration and growth, running a coffee company that is actually an experiential learning platform. And on that note, I will have our guest introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about you and maybe give us um, an insight into your journey as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. As you mentioned, my name is Nick Bayer. I am the founder and CEO of Saxby's, a Philadelphia-based education company that's actually disguised as a coffee company. Um, you know, we're, we're on a mission to make life better by empowering the next generation of leaders and entrepreneurs through experiential learning. So taking a, a huge step back, my, my sort of path to entrepreneurship, I'm a first-generation college student. Um, back when we didn't even really know that that was actually a thing. But obviously today, that, that's a really, really big thing. You know, my, my parents started a family a little earlier than they were hoping and expecting to uh, cut short their ability to be able to get their education. And so they took pretty much whatever jobs they could get to be able to put food on the table. And you blink, and 30 years of a career goes by really, really quickly. And so growing up in their house, my parents were really, really focused on me getting my education, you know, because my education would um, not only open up doors for me to get a good job, but more importantly, to do something that I really love to do. You know, I think that everyone deserves the right to do something that they're really, really passionate about. Uh, because it's funny when we're passionate about something, we're willing to work hard and learn a lot. And then we we're usually pretty good at those things. And so I went to college. I wasn't sure what it, what it was that I wanted to do. It took a bunch of different internships and a lot of different industries and a whole bunch of different cities. I was, I was a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Uh, and as I was graduating at 22, I got some great life experience, you know, uh, some, some, uh, some recommendations, I should say, from, from coaches and teachers in my life who would help get me to that place in my life. And I just remember them with such pride you know, telling me that they went into teaching for that exact reason, right? They knew I was months away from getting my diploma. My life was going to forever change as a, as a result of that. And they're like, Nick, I, I went into teaching to be able to do just that for people like you. And I remember thinking to myself, like I, I started to really love business when I was in school because I took a lot of internships in business. I love the competitive nature that business forces you to be in. And I think that like when we're challenged and we're forced to bring our A game every day, you know, our best work is done in those situations. But I really wanted to have the professional satisfaction that my coaches and my teachers had about impacting other people's lives. You know, like I truly am, and I don't think this is unique to me. I think all of us as human beings are at our absolute best when we're doing things for other people. You know, you can accumulate material wealth in things and it 
you know, a new car, a new house, a new watch, a new whatever is awesome in the moment and becomes a little bit less awesome over time. But if you go out of your way to impact the trajectory of someone's life and do that over and over and over again, that kind of value appreciates. And so when I was 22 coming out of school, I didn't know much, um, but I knew that I wanted to sort of blur the line between my professional and my personal pursuits, meaning I didn't want to just go get a job and try to accumulate money. I wanted whatever professional pursuit I was going to have to be as measurable and impacting other people's lives as it was from a financial perspective. And so I didn't have the idea right away. I went into consulting right out of school and I had a really good job and I learned a lot. Um, but I like every day that passed, I kept yearning for more. You know, like I loved my time as a big brother and big brother's big sisters and doing all kinds of philanthropy and community work. And I started to love that more than I was loving the work that I was doing. You know, and the accolades or getting a promotion meant so little to me. But watching my little brother succeed in life and me get to spend time with him and play a small impact in that um, success was really intoxicating for me. And so I eventually realized that in order for me to be able to blur the line between my professional and personal pursuits, I needed to create something. I needed to create a business that would allow me to pursue that. That is great. And it, it really ties into, you know, create the things that you wish existed and also create the culture um, that you want to see. I mean, there were a lot of things that you hit on that I think are really important. And I was sharing with you a little bit earlier, you know, my passion for community colleges. I uh, actually worked, spent about six years working for Rowan College at Burlington County as a director of the foundation and vice president there. I was on the hiring committee of the current president, Dr. Mike Siosi, who also is a first-generation college student that really shares your passion. So I can see like right off the bat how you guys um, got along. And it's interesting to me that while you are producing coffee, I am a huge coffee lover. So I love the product. I think it's very cool, but you're, you're really leaning into that experience. So I want to talk a bit about community college, because you're in an ecosystem in Philadelphia where you have wonderful network of universities and also the Community College of Philadelphia, which is a NACI member, which is also a site of another one of your operations. Tell us a little bit about how you see community colleges in the higher ed ecosystem. Like what kind of a role do they play? How does that work? Because we're going to talk about your business model in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had a, a long passion for community colleges. Both my grandma as well as my mom both um, have community college degrees. And those were not just huge points of pride for both of them to, to be able to, to get their community college degree, but also made an impact in their careers as well. And so I think there's a lot of reasons why I think community colleges add a lot of value. But but first and foremost, I think that you know it's it's quite obvious that it's been studied for a really, really long time. People that pursue and attain their education will more likely than not be able to get the jobs that they want and make more money over their career. You know, college graduates typically make upwards of a million dollars more in their career than people who don't get their degree. And so I think community colleges are huge, huge entry points to that. The second is community colleges provide a very high quality level of education at a much more affordable price point. And that's good, not only because of the affordability, but I remember, I mean, it's a distant memory at this point. I remember what it was like to be 18, 19 years old, first getting out of high school. I thought I wanted to be the American James Bond. And then I thought I was gonna be a lawyer. And then I was gonna be this, I was gonna be all these different things, you know, being able to go and get a really quality, really affordable education to start to figure out what it is that not only you want to do, but what you're what you're interested in and passionate about. I think community colleges provide an amazing value uh, for, for those students as well. And then I think from a community college degree, you can absolutely leap that into your career 
or you can leap that into a four-year school where you're much farther along, which must much less money out of your pocket as well with a better focus on what it is that you want to study and do. Yeah, I, I love what you said. It really connects back to your point about, you know, when you find that career and that passion, it doesn't feel like work. And that's been my experience working for NACI. And when I worked for the college, jump out of bed in the morning and you just are just filled with all these ideas and things that you want to accomplish. And I think the challenge for CEOs like yourself and association leaders like uh, me and college leaders is really trying to help all students find that place. And in the United States, we know we have about 7 million uh, community college students. You know, their average age is 28. So they're not kids. They're not 18, 19 year old, which in some respects, like you mentioned, your um, grandma and your, your, you know, other people in your family, sometimes when you have a little bit more life experience, uh, you come at these things in, in a different way. So I want you to tell the audience that may not be familiar a little bit about Saxby. Everybody, you know, knows that there's lots of coffee options and, and I can assure everybody your coffee is amazing, but we're more interested in even the model, because as I understand it, you work with students, but you don't just hire student workers. It's it's a kind of an interesting twist that I, I would love for other people maybe to learn from you and, and incorporate. So welcome us into the world of, of how you, you do business. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what you're referring to, Rebecca, is what we call the Saxby's Experiential Learning Platform. And, you know, so that, that was born out of the, the great fortune that I've had over the last decade or so to be a adjunct professor, entrepreneur in residence, executive in residence at all kinds of different colleges and universities, two-year schools like C, you know, Community College of Philadelphia, Drexel, Temple, Cornell University, where unlike when I was in school, almost nobody, no, no institution was teaching entrepreneurship. Fast forward to today, Everyone is teaching entrepreneurship, and they're really looking for experiential learning. How can we prepare the next generation of entrepreneurs, leaders, uh, to take the classroom, like the theory of the classroom, and put it to practice in a real setting, in a live setting? And it just so happens, you know, I've been in the cafe or the hospitality food and beverage business for a long time. And as I started to get my feet a little bit wetter in the higher ed space, I realized that every single moving part that happens in any business big or small, private, public, nonprofit, for-profit, every moving part that happens in any business happens in a busy coffee shop. You've got to build a mission statement of core values You have to hire people, train, develop, empower people. You have a supply chain, you have marketing, you have community relations, and you have a financial statement that you have to understand. It just so happens that young people are really interested in cafe businesses, right? They're gathering places. They're places for everybody. So I wanted to put those two things together, right? These are businesses that are open and inviting and desirable to everyone, yet also a perfect vehicle to be able to teach business at a time where higher ed is really looking to teach experientially. And so about seven years ago, we partnered with John Fry, the president of Drexel University, who uh, Mike Ciosi, who you mentioned, is also friends with John, is, and Mike and I are longtime friends and partners in, in business as well now. But we opened our first ever cafe that was designed by undergraduate Drexel students and has been exclusively operated by Drexel students every minute of every day for seven plus years. The students get full semester of credit, they get wages, and they have the, the full autonomy and responsibility for their business's profit and loss statement. Right. So this is a business that is it's so bustling and so demanding that the average tax employs about 40 to 60 undergraduate students. So as a student CEO, you're managing a part, you know, a business with 40 plus employees reporting to you, a global supply chain. 
and responsible for a, for a profit and loss statement that ranges anywhere between half a million to a million dollars plus in revenue. So these are tremendous challenges. But the beauty of it as well is that you, know, you could be studying fine arts to business, engineering to nursing. These skills, what we call the power skills, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, cultural agility, resilience, things you can't learn in the classroom, but you absolutely need to have agnostic of what career you go into, this is the perfect vehicle to be able to, to develop those skills. And so we're grateful to have 25 plus partners, you know, the, the Penn States of the world and the University of Pittsburgh's of the world, the Community College of Philadelphia and, and Rowan College of Burlington County are two of our partners as well. So we're in all sort of corners of the higher ed space right now. And we're seeing tremendous impact and outcome from the student leaders who are going through this experience. That's amazing. I, I think really the power of understanding uh, a PL and cash flow, I mean, that gives people uh, that ability to really be upwardly mobile. And, and no matter what, if they end up working for a nonprofit or anything, you have to have those skills. Um, it also reminds me of, remember reading the book many years ago, Onward by Howard Schultz, and I'm sure you've read that too. And it seems like to me, listening to you, you're kind of building on sort of that foundational element of how that other coffee company was started was really trying to replicate an experience, but you've taken it kind of to the next level by saying it's not just the experience, it's, it's so much more than that. And, and you're building kind of this army of everyday entrepreneurs. So I'd love for you to tell us, um, where do you see your company going in the next three to five years? If you, if you look at, um, maybe you could tell us first what your footprint is, because you've mentioned um, Philadelphia. Are you beyond the tri-state area? Is that your goal to grow or... or or what are you what are you thinking about? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have we have really transformed our business in the last two years. You know, experiential learning was a part and really honestly a small part of what we did as a company before the pandemic set in. Um, and as the pandemic set in, like most organizations, we went into survival mode, you know, and sitting in a conference room with whiteboards around and the executive team around saying, how do we not only survive, but how do we differentiate? The answer was right under our nose. You know, we are, our mission statement is to make life better. Our mission statement has never been make the world's best coffee because the reality is that's subjective. I already think that we make the best coffee, but it's a subjective standard. Our mission has always been to make life better. How do we leverage our business and our brand to improve and impact people's lives? You're not going to do it purely on the taste of product. Well, what if you can turn your business into an entrepreneurial vehicle to create and support the next generation of leaders and entrepreneurs? And that's precisely what we're doing. So we've been transforming our business over the last two years to the point, Rebecca, and look, I'm an entrepreneur, right? So entrepreneurs are, are dreamers because you, you can't accomplish what you can't dream. I believe that in the next three to five years, Saxby's can and will be synonymous with experiential learning. You know, I, I believe that when I'm doing your follow-up podcast in three or five years, you're going to introduce us as Saxby's the experiential learning company. Yeah, because that's really what not only where our passion lies, I think that's what the world needs. I'm not sure the world needs more coffee companies or food and beverage companies, but it certainly needs businesses that measurably impact the lives of other human beings. And in our higher ed world is great, right? You can't teach the classroom better than RCBC does or Georgetown or Penn State or all these great places, but in this rapidly evolving world, where especially people have just gone through a pandemic and they were separated from other people for, for two plus years, the skills necessary of emotional intelligence and resilience cannot be taught in the classroom, but are needed more now and in the future than they've ever been. We're in the business of providing that holistic experience. We're building off of, not, not destroying or building uh, you know, 
in opposition to, but we're building on the amazing things that are learned in the classroom. We're taking that theory and allowing the leaders of tomorrow to put it to practice, to become great in whatever industry that they actually go into. That is incredible. And I, I agree with you about experiential learning and, and part of the mission or the mission of NACI. And I, I really admire the crispness and clarity of your mission. It's very bold. You can remember it. Everyone who works there probably remembers it. The mission of NACI is to engage our members in entrepreneurial thinking and innovative action. And so where we operate is sort of, I guess you would say, at the grass tops. So if we do our job correctly, we get to this: the chancellors, the presidents, the faculty, and have this army of 10,000 people that are impacting the 7 million students. Because that's where I think what you do really fits so nicely with, with what the mission of NACI is, um, which is really to support colleges. Some are far along on the journey, like many that you mentioned, including RCBC and Community College of Philadelphia and Penn and all these other wonderful places. But there are also these colleges in very rural places and in places that maybe aren't as as fully immersed in this model. And that's why I'm so excited, um, not only to share your story on this podcast, but we're going to actually have a live event uh, on February 14th um, uh, with students. So we're going to get to see the actual location and hear their stories and, and talk about this. So I I want to thank you so much, um, Nick, for sharing your story. Our time always goes by so fast with people like you that have such great things to share. The last thing I might ask you is if if somebody is listening and, and this resonates with them, what few tips might you offer them in terms of getting started uh, on their journey? If they're, if they're a young person who's never operated a business before, or maybe there's somebody in a job that has that itch to create something. Get, leave us with a couple of, of um, kind of tips for, for moving forward. Well, I don't want to set standards too high about how impactful these tips will be, but there, there, there's two <laughs> things that I, that I, would, I would share. The, the first is I encourage everyone to be very honest with their, with their heart and soul. You know, so the, 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 I should say their, their mind and soul connection. You know, like there's a lot of things that are taught, told to us, like you should go into technology. You should go into this because these are the jobs of the future. And we often try to convince our, our soul that that's what we're really interested in. I, I encourage people to be very honest with themselves. Like where, where are both their mind and their soul? What makes them race together? Um, not what other people tell you is right for you, but what really makes you happy and excited. And, and the second thing is, is their experience is so important, right? I think that there is this like, there's this pressure to figure things out early in our career or to just be able to, you know, to know what the world needs or what we want without experience, you know, like go out there and get experience. Like you think you're interested in, in F&B, go work in the F&B industry. You think you're interested in um, technology, go work in a technology business. Because guess what? The companies that are existing today are really good at what they do. We work, we operate in such a competitive environment. Companies are really, really good. If you think you've got the best ideas in sliced bread, go work for a company that you think will be your competitor. You'll see sort of the inner workings of that organization because we all have a lot of time in our lives, you know, and so don't rush things. I know that I did that a lot as my, my you know, as a young entrepreneur, but be honest with sort of your mind soul connection and go and get experience before feeling the pressure to have to jump and, and create something or go or do, or go do something. It's almost um, what you're saying is customer discovery, uh, but discover for your own career. And, and also thinking what kind of an environment do you like to work in? You know, 
a food and beverage is fast paced, it's relationship based, it's problem solving, and that's a whole different environment than working in a library or working in, in a different kind of environment. So I think those are great tips for us. I know um, through our conversation that we're going to have uh, again during National Entrepreneurship Week, we're, we're going to have even more um, more to share. So I just want to thank you for the work that you do, the way you're making the world a better place for so many people. And I can't wait to meet you. So so thank you so much, Nick. And, and we just appreciate um, everybody tuning in to our podcast uh, from around the world. Make sure that you uh, share this on your, your platform with others. Thanks so much, Rebecca. I'll see you at RCBC. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com